Well, you guys already know my overall thoughts and opinions from the loss that we took against the Calgary Flames on Tuesday in which we lost 5-3 to three and gave up four goals in the very first period. You already know what I thought about that, so why not hear it from a different perspective? Jessica from Locked on Flames joins the show as we are going to do a crossover and we're going to get her reactions from that game. So buckle up, everybody. It's going to be a jam-packed crossover episode. Your Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Elias scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodriguez got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. Alrighty, now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Trey Matthews, and it's currently 11.53 p.m. Eastern Time, October 27, 2021, at the time of recording, and I have something special planned for today's episode. So joining me for today is going to be the host of Locked On Flames, Jessica. So Jessica and I have actually done a crossover before. Some of you might have recalled our crossover from over the summer when we did a silly season episode in regards to a potential Matthew Kachuk to the New Jersey Devils trade, and now she is back to have an overall discussion on the game from Tuesday because, as we all know, the New Jersey Devils lost a bit of a stinker, and I want to get her perspective. I want to get her perspective on the Calgary Flames unit because, as we all know, they're kind of on a hot streak right now. They're uh, tops in the NHL for some respective defensive categories, and also I want to get her thoughts on the New Jersey Devils uh, roster as well, and she's also a native uh, East Coaster, so she kind of knows the situation that the New Jersey Devils are in in terms of just playing in a very tough division and I I think it's an overall great discussion we just feed off each other and just you know provide each other with unique perspectives because if you missed yesterday's episode I basically gave my full-fledged reaction to that game it was definitely an ugly loss for the New Jersey Devils after period number one but I did provide Jessica with uh, how I felt like the fans reacted to it especially after the first period I talked about some players that need to step up and I also talked about the injuries that we're dealing with and also during our discussion I don't know why I said this but but um, for the first time in a long time, I called Igor Sharangovich Yegor Sharangovich. So as some of you might uh, have already been aware, for some of my longtime listeners, uh, I call uh, Yegor Sharangovich Igor Sharangovich because that's how you would say it in Belarus. And also I do the same thing for Jesper Bratt. I just call it Jesper Bratt just because that's how you would say it uh, if he was in Sweden. So, you know, I usually like to call players of how you would uh, pronounce it from their native lands. Obviously, my longtime uh, listeners already know that, but, you know, for some of my newer listeners, that's why I do it. So uh, just putting that out there. But, you know, during our discussion with Jessica, I just, I said, uh, yay, Gore Sharon Govich for some reason. Maybe I'm just trying to uh, tell her fan base that. But whatever the case might be, it was an overall great discussion. And also, we talk about some things that are going around the NHL in terms of the Flames' competition. And I also talk about the Devils' competition. So it's definitely going to be a long road uh, to potentially playing in the springtime. But that's like way, way, way down the road. Don't want to get ahead of myself. But for right now, as you guys know, I said the New Jersey Devils would lose against the Calgary Flames just because I didn't think we had the firepower to compete with them. And that first period kind Kind of proved it but you know like I said I repeat some stuff and I provide Jessica with that perspective and she provides me with a unique perspective in terms of you know players that were uh, Im- impressive from the get-go for the Calgary Flames so like I said 
We're going to have that discussion. We're going to react to the game, especially since it's been now uh, a full 24-hour period. So we've both had time to digest it and just get some notes and things of that nature. And speaking of things that are happening around the NHL, and I'm going to get serious for a second. Um, we, we all know uh, ju- just what's going on in the Chicago Blackhawks organization in terms of sexual assault. I, I just want to tell you guys that I am... Uh, fully aware of what's going on. Usually I like to keep that kind of stuff uh, covered for Locked On NHL or Locked On Blackhawks or even Locked On Panthers, you know, parties that are associated with what's going on because it is a sensitive topic and I don't, you know, want to say the wrong things, especially since I don't cover that respective team. However, like I told you guys in my very first episode, I, I if I feel as though a topic is important to discuss and talk about and just overall, you know, just break it down and just, you know, give my my personal perspective on it, then we're going to do that. So I just want to let you guys know I am fully aware of what's going on and we will discuss it in tomorrow's episode. And I just want to put that out there and give you guys a heads up. So that will be tomorrow's episode and that will be a discussion. So as for today's episode, like I said, have Jessica of Locked on Flames and we're going to react to the game from a couple days ago. But before we do so, I have to give you guys the first live read this morning and it comes from Built Bar and Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. So did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They have coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies, and cream, German chocolate. You know my favorite flavors. I love coconut. So if you haven't tried all the flavors, you get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars ever, but they're super healthy as well. Check out these stats. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So order today and get that grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar was is also the official protein bar for Corey LaJoy, who drives the number 7 car in the NASCAR Cup Series for Aspire Motorsports. So I think that's pretty cool. So the offer is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And now the second live read comes from BetOnline.ag. Please remember to gamble responsibly. So we're back and better than ever. A new web interface to start uh, the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets as well for all your betting needs. Now, let's have this discussion with Jessica of Locked On Flames as she's going to give us her initial reaction from the game a couple days ago and just provide some more perspective on the Flames organization so let's take it away we're here to react to last night's game a big 5-3 win for the flames and trey how's that l feeling today well you didn't have to go there i mean you're not (laughs) wrong but you didn't have to say it like you didn't have to say it like that jessica i'm sorry well i I said it in my show yesterday just putting into context i just feel as though um, you know, we were just down in the count and, you know, the Calgary Flames, they're they're on a roll. Like I I had a concern, which was they took the Washington Capitals into OT 
And then they beat the Rangers by a score of four to one, I believe. And I just said they're riding that hot streak. And then you got Andrew Mangiapani, who has yeah. what, seven points and all of them goals. I said he's one of the hottest uh, players in the NHL right now. And also, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, the Calgary Flames are doing uh, really well in a lot of defensive categories, including uh, a- entering the game yesterday. They have a 3.2 rush chances against, which yeah. is first in the NHL. 1.2 rebound chances against, which is fifth, uh, 12.2 slot passes against fifth, and 70.8 uh, dump in recoveries with exit, which ranks fourth in the NHL. So I just said, unfortunately, we're down in the count. We're missing Jack Hughes. We're missing Miles Wood. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is still recovering from his uh, heel surgery that he had over the summer. Uh, Jonathan Bernier has to deal with a uh, lower body uh, issues. So we're basically running with Scott Wedgwood and Nico Dawes and without Jack Hughes or Miles Wood and, you know, our two starting goalies, I just said, I don't think we stand a chance against you guys. And we tried switching up the lineups and mix and matching it. We tried putting Ryan Graves on the second line, along with Damon Severson, who's been on a little bit of a roll. Unfortunately, uh, Ryan Graves' Corsi four percentage from that game was not good. We need to get him back with Dougie Hamilton. We tried moving Jesper Brat to the bottom six. Hopefully that got him going. Unfortunately, he's been struggling and he's gone off to a very slow start of the year. So overall, I'm just expecting more from like, there's certain players that haven't stepped up their game and it's kind of frustrating for me just watching it because I know they could do so much better, but I just said we were going to have our work cut out against the Calgary Flames and Basically, they, they they ran away with the game in the very first period, going up 4 nothing. You knocked out uh, Nico Dawes within the first three goals, I believe, and then um, we tried to make a comeback, and unfortunately, just our efforts came up short, and, you know, you can't be trailing the game the entire way. Otherwise, it will come back to bite you. So that's my overall reaction, and we're obviously going to be talking a lot more. But, you know, based on what I was seeing, that that's just what I saw. Yeah, no. Um, quite honestly, I was surprised by how much energy the Flames had. And uh, just because, you know, it is a road trip and they were on a second half of a back to back. So watching them come out and, you know, what was it? Three goals in the first period or four goals? Four goals. Um, yeah. was basically looking for the hat trick after period number one. Yeah. So, you know, I and I. I thought it was going to happen, but, you know, I guess you can't ask for too much, but, you know, I, um, I do have an issue with, uh, PK Subban, um, slew footing and getting fined $5,000. But again, uh, we all can't have high expectations. Um, I, uh, I can, because that's my player and I have high expectations for <laughs> PK Subban, despite him playing on the, uh, third defensive line pairing. I mean, he just needs to stop tripping people. That's the thing. Yeah. He got fined $5,000. That's pocket change for him. I don't think it's that big a deal. And we just move on from that. That's just physical hockey. But I mean, any way to get PK Subban going, I'm sorry. This, this is probably below the belt, but I'm just looking for any sort of aggression from PK Subban to get him going. Because like I said, his plus minus, I believe is in the negatives. He has zero assists, zero points, uh, zero goals. Struggling. He's struggling. Jesper Brat is struggling. Nico Heizer has his moments. And then Sharon Govich, he still ha- doesn't have his first goal of the year. And that's my favorite player. Right. And I'm just like, come on, Sharon Govich. You had your first goal. I, I think for Sharon Govich, he, 
uh, he's kind of hit the rookie wall. And and mm-hmm. the, for anyone who doesn't know what the rookie wall is, is like when you play a certain amount of games, you start to struggle. So for a rookie, especially a very good one, they, uh, you know, get off to a good start and then they hit the rookie wall and they start to struggle. And then it's basically like, you know, a, a, a long marathon towards the end and it's very lethargic. There's no energy. Um, but I know, I know, uh, uh, Yegor Sharangovich is in his second year, uh, playing with the devils. I get, he's not considered a rookie. This is a sophomore year campaign, but basically what I'm, but basically what I'm seeing is like, you know, last year we only played 56 games. That's a little more than half of the NHL season in a regular 82 game span. So, you know, the fact that, uh, he's not even, I, what he's played 60 games in his NHL career so far. You know, I guess he's just hitting that rookie wall in his sophomore year campaign, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, they call it the sophomore slump for a reason. And, you know, even though, like you said, it was um, a shortened season, I think that that kind of, you know, makes them hit the wall a little harder because I don't know. I mean, I know it's only like 30 less games. Yeah, 30 less games than a full season, but you know, that's 30 games to, you know, regain your momentum and find your game and your style and stuff. So, you know, hopefully uh, he comes out of that. But were there any flames that besides Mangiapane that truly impressed you with their play? Uh, I said, don't sleep on Matthew Kachuk. I said <laughs> he, he's, he could get a goal against us and I was right. Uh, Lucic, uh, first goal of the game that, you know, great job to him for, he collapsed the defense for the devils and basically got a wide open breakaway opportunity. Something like that cannot happen. I also said Lindholm, um, you know, Elias Lindholm. I said, keep an eye out for him. He could potentially do something against us. And he did basically Jessica, I did a preview of the game and I just said, here are my concerns for the Devils. You got to worry about Mangiapane. You got to worry about Lindholm. You got to worry about Kachuk. You know uh, Coleman is going to keep on shooting, which, by the way, that was his first game playing at the Prudential Center ever since being traded. So it was nice to have mm-hmm. him back, um, you know, in New Jersey. Uh, obviously, he's on the other side of the bench, but, you know, still great to have him uh, be be back in the Devils organization. But, you know, I, I just said you had to keep an eye out for some of those players. And, they, they delivered like Lindholm, uh, Mangiapane, Kachuk was able to get what his second goal uh, of the year. Yep. So, you know, I said, keep an eye out for those players and they, they delivered. And uh, also I want to give Lucic some love because like I said, first goal of the game, uh, defensive collapse for Hamilton and Smith and basically giving uh, Lucic a wide open opportunity to, to score and look what happened and four goals, in period number one so hats off to the flames they were just red hot oh absolutely and uh it was quite the attempt at a comeback from the devils but they couldn't seal the deal uh i just i don't know i see this devil's team as um you know a little bit more competitive now that is true so uh i i I, I'm glad you acknowledged that. So the Devils are certainly more competitive, but like I said at the beginning of the show, it's just like we're, we're facing a lot of injuries. So yes. I even said it in my show yesterday when uh, I heard that the fans were booing the Devils off the, the ring after period number one. I was just like, 
can we put this into a better perspective? Right. Like, you know, let's let look, I, I get we're East Coast fans, we're we're you know, we're prideful of our sports teams. Like, you know, I live in Philadelphia, so I know everyone knows how unforgiving Philadelphia fans can be, or New York or Boston, whatever the case might be. Like East Coast fans are definitely, I'd say, one of the harshest fans to play in front of because if you're not performing up to par they will uh, let you hear it. Like literally, they, they do not care if you're on their team, they will boo you. So one thing I just say, let's let's put this into consideration. That first period was ugly. That should never happen again. We were basically uh, out of the game before uh, we, we were even halfway done with it. But we shouldn't be booing them off the rink just because like we had a game plan. And I even said it in my preview show, I said, I'm liking what Lindy Roth is doing, switching up the lines a little bit so that way we could get some offense up and through the uh, lineup we tried you know putting Heizer with Sharon Govich and also Quoken in because Heizer has to step into the role of what Jack Hughes was and then you know um, moving Jesper Brock down to the bottom six maybe that'll get him going a little bit then moving Tatar and Mercer up to the top six because Mercer has been playing like a man on fire in his first uh, few NHL uh, career games and then Tatar I said the reason we signed him was to be a top six player so he needs to be in the top six. And then we move um, uh, Ty Smith up to the top line with Dougie Hamilton. Then we move uh, Ryan Graves down to Damon Severson. And that didn't work out too well. And, and like I said, the course of four percentage for um, Ryan Graves was not good. So overall, we do have a good team. And, and I'm glad that you acknowledge that. But we're just dealing with a lot of injuries. And unfortunately, there's nothing you could do about that. And I'm just hoping Jack Hughes could come back quickly. I still do not have an update on Miles Wood. It seems like at this point, he's no longer a part of the Devils roster. It's nothing like that. I don't know the severity of his injury. They're not releasing anything. They're not giving much update. And then Mackenzie Blackwood still has not played in the regular season game. I saw him during preseason, but not during the regular season. Right. And Jonathan Bernier got us to, off to a pretty decent start as well, but he has lower body injuries. He got injections just a couple of days ago, but we're definitely more competitive and we definitely have something brewing. And I think we could get a wild card spot if all goes well for us. But I just said, against the Calgary Flames, they're on a bit of a win streak. Um, you know, you guys did drop that game against the Ducks. You did drop that game against uh, the Oilers, but I said they've kind of picked it up it's going back to that Red Wings game, which I believe you guys beat them three, nothing. So I was just like, okay, you know what? I think it's, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a, a good night for us. I, I predicted in, in that episode, I said we would lose the game four to one. I knew we would lose. I didn't think it would be that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I just, I don't know. I was truly surprised by the flames. Like, obviously they've been on a hot streak. They, they did have a little, a little bit of a bumpy start um to the season but once they hit the road it was like uh they started playing real Daryl Sutter hockey so it's been uh quite enjoyable (laughs) watching them win and the only thing that I would want to see differently from them is truly playing a full 60 minutes and uh you know not getting sloppy whether it be in the second period or towards the end of the third period yeah, I don't I don't know what Vladar was uh, doing on that goal. He gave up to Pavel Zaka like I think yeah, he I, and he freaked out and then he tried getting back to his post. But that was basically an empty netter goal for Vladar. Like I, as an announcer for hockey, 
those kind of things suck. Like, you know, those are things that makes you want to like rip your hair out, you know, aside from you scoring on your own own net, which I've seen before. So, yeah, you, you know, I, I don't know what Vladar was doing, but it works for me because it, it fits into the narrative that Pavel Zaka is not a bust and that he has a lot to prove to this Devils organization. But, you know, but uh, I think Vladar was one of the um, one of the stars of the game. So Mangiapani was um, the, the first star, then uh, Vladar, and then Zaka was the third star. So. Um, you know, the, the flames didn't make their mistakes. Unfortunately, the devils just couldn't capitalize on it. And then, uh, we were able to get a power play goal in the third period, uh, albeit it wasn't like it, it, the, the, the strategy was completely unintentional from, uh, Dougie Hamilton's, uh, perspective. Like he was trying to shoot the puck and it just went down in front. Mercer was able to bobble it over to Zaka and Zaka was able to trickle it on in. That was completely unintentional, but that was the, I don't know if you knew this or not, but that was the first power play goal that the uh, Flames led up during their road trip. Yeah, uh, that's, that's an impressive stat, honestly. Um, I just, yeah, um, I'm hopeful for the Flames, and I think that uh, the Devils are finally kind of bouncing back from where they once were. I mean, yeah, I mean, but I want to ask you about the Flames. Like, are, are you guys like the real deal or are you no. just like during an e easy part of your schedule? Oh, this is absolutely not an easy part of our schedule. Um, this is the first road trip that they've had in over 500 days. Um, I don't think that. I guess I shouldn't write it off as them not being the real deal. Um, I'm just I'm not used to them having success like this. <laughs> Uh, quite honestly. So it's a little odd. Um, but, you know, I think that they they have finally bought into Daryl Sutter's system and have completely, uh, you know, transformed the way they play. We've got some really great power forwards. We have some fantastic 200 feet players and um, the defensemen is the or sorry, the defensemen are really just I don't know. They they're piecing it together. And the fact that they have a reliable backup now means that Jacob Markstrom has the ability to rest and avoid injury. So, you know, if there is some springtime hockey for this team, he'll be ready for it. So would you say that the flames currently are the best Canadian team right now? Just currently and not saying overall, I'm just saying currently. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Oilers are still undefeated. Um, that, that is really true that I didn't even think about that. You, but, I think like, you're absolutely correct about that. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, obviously the Oilers have, uh, uh, Drysicle and also McDavid, but you know, you guys got, uh, Manji Apani who, who, like I said, at the beginning of the show is one of the hottest guys yeah. in the NHL right now. Like he's been on fire. Right. Um, he actually has more goals than, uh, Connor McDavid. So, you know, I mean, it's still at the beginning of the season, but that's uh, still something to tip your hat for. Um, you know, I just, outside of, they're the hottest team outside of Alberta because Edmonton are still in. That's, you know, their Albertan rival. But, you know, I think that, I, I think that they're one of the better teams probably in the league right now too. 
and not to knock on wood, but I think the Edmonton Oilers are going to go six and zero because at the time of this recording, they're going to be playing the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. And uh, yeah, I don't think um, I think it's going to be a a crapshoot for the uh, Flyers, quite honestly. But that's just my opinion. That's just that's just me. I think the Oilers are about to go six and zero. So, but maybe once you guys get to the playoffs, maybe you can get out of the first round. Just saying, maybe maybe maybe. Yeah. maybe unlike the Edmonton Oilers who struggled to get out the first round, maybe, maybe you'll, maybe you'll, you can make the playoffs and then you could be a Canadian team. That's not named the Oilers or the Maple Leafs to, to get out of a, of a playoff series and win. Yeah. You know, uh, the flames haven't seen a second round in quite a while. So it would be kind of nice to see them have really any sort of success after uh, March and April. <laughs> We're, we're jumping the gun on this people. Like I, I'm, oh, I'm, just yeah. saying, I'm just saying hypothetical scenario. I know there's a lot of season left. I am not jumping to conclusions. I'm, I'm just overall, just like speaking hypothetical scenarios. And yes, I'm aware that the Montreal Canadians made it to the Stanley cup finals uh, just last season, but uh, we're not talking about them now, are we? We're talking about the, no, they're an entirely or- different team. Yeah. We're talking about the Oilers. We're talking about the uh, flames and we're talking about, uh, the Maple Leafs, because uh, I think the Montreal Canadiens, it's safe to say that they have fallen completely off the map. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I do hope that um, I, I hope that everything uh, involving Carey Price gets figured out and, you know, he's taking the time he needs. And if he does come back, I hope the team kind of turns it around uh, with his help. But uh, right now, I would say that focus should be on the flames and uh the other alberta team the oilers well uh i i do have uh, a final question so what are your expectations for the flames this season what are your expectations for the flames they're not very high to be completely honest um last season i over estimated how good I thought the roster was because it looked fantastic on paper but unfortunately just didn't flourish the way that I had expected but you know I'm kind of hoping that they stick with the hockey that they're playing I I don't think that they're going to win the division and if they do uh, I will get the Flames logo tattooed somewhere on me I'm just kidding oh my god hey hey, 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 no 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 she said it she said it she said it blow up her Twitter if if that happens blow up her Twitter please oh my god um but I, I think that they'll, I don't even want, like, I don't want to jinx it, but knock on wood, I, I think that they finish in a play, for, with a playoff spot. Well, right now they're second, trailing the uh, Oilers in the Pacific Division at the oh. time of this recording. Um, let's see. I don't think you have to worry about the Kings, Ducks, or Kraken. Um, and the Golden Knights have fallen off a little bit, but, you know, it's still pretty early in the season. And I think the Canucks are pretty much a, a toss up. They're a wild card team in terms of your competition. So I think the only, I think your only legitimate competition and, and this might be a hot take, take this however you want to take this. Mm-hmm. I think the only, only team you really have to focus on are the Edmonton Oilers. Quite, quite honestly, I think that's your only competition because let's face it, the Ducks aren't going to do anything. No. Kings aren't going to do anything. I love the Kraken, but they're more Hollywood than a ho- than a hockey team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the Sharks are actually, you know, impressing me so far. 
Canucks, you know, they made a big trade over the offseason. I personally felt as though they won the trade. Yeah. That's that's my opinion. I, I don't think a lot of people agreed with me on that stance, but that's my personal opinion. And it looks like they're doing well so far. Whereas for the uh, New Jersey Devils, uh, you know, we're in a very, very tough division. Yeah. We, we're in the Metropolitan Division and, you know, we, we have so many teams to worry about. It's not even funny because we got to worry about the Capitals. We got to worry about the Hurricanes, uh, the Penguins. They're missing uh, Carter, uh, Crosby uh, to, right now, but, you know, they'll come back sooner rather than later. Um, so, yeah, we're in, a, we're in a, a little bit of a pickle. Then you also have to worry about the Rangers as well because the Rangers were competing for a playoff uh, spot last year as well, and they actually made a legitimate run at it. So... Uh, and also the Islanders who can't sleep on the, uh, the New York uh, devils yeah. because, you know, Lou Lamorello <laughs> loves his devils. As I yes. like to say, um, I was, we were actually talking about this on the national show last week, I believe, or the week before um, the metropolitan division is a, it's a scary division. And Sarah and I were saying, we're very happy to be part of the uh, not so competitive Pacific division rather than, you know, something like the metro you know what i don't know why sarah's worried but it, it doesn't even matter the kings aren't going to do anything i don't know why she <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter anyway because the kings aren't going to do anything put them in the metropolitan division they're not going to do anything put them in the pacific division they won't do anything atlantic I, division they won't do anything central no. division it, it doesn't matter i don't know why she's <laughs> saying like oh i'm so happy to be in the not no disrespect sarah i, I love you and all but come on like the, the Kings aren't going to do anything, you know. Oh, no, I think she knows that. But it's just like a matter of like a, a, a safe space for when they are competitive. Well, that's a big if. But I, as you can see, I still hold a grudge against the Kings for beating the Devils in the uh, Stanley Cup finals back in uh, 2012. You know, that that's very fair. I respect that. Trey, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Uh. The Devils will be in the playoffs if all goes well. That that game against the uh, Flames, that was a that was a game we could drop. Okay, so that wasn't a gimme game. So we, we're gonna have plenty of gimme games, especially like I said with uh, Crosby and Carter being out. I think we have a chance on Saturday. But again, those players have to be out, in my opinion, and they're also very old. Absolutely, this high. I am a little bit worried about them playing Pittsburgh because it does look like Crosby will be back. Um, he was practicing with the top power play uh, unit today. So uh, <laughs> makes me a little nervous, but you know, we'll just have to wait and see. So once again, thank you to Jessica of Locked on Flames for taking the time to do this crossover and give her personal reactions from the win that the Calgary Flames took against the New Jersey Devils. And also, like I told you guys earlier in the episode, tomorrow's episode will be a little more serious as I will talk about the Kyle Beach situation, give my personal perspectives on it because Boy, do I have a lot of words to say to the Chicago Blackhawks organization because they basically put uh, their needs before their own players' needs. They basically said championship over a serious matter. So that will be in tomorrow's episode because, like I said, I think it's too important to not discuss. So just giving that a uh, heads up. So as for today, that's all the time I have for you guys today. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening.